Galatians 6. All right, we'll read verses 7 through 10. Galatians 6 says this in the word of God. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, verse 10, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we thank you for being good to us. Lord, so gracious for loving us. And Lord, thank you, Lord, that we can love you because you first loved us. And Lord, that when you saved us, you put a love in our heart for one another. You put a love in our heart for others. Lord, you also put a hate in our heart, a hate for sin, a hate for all that would be against you. And so, Lord, I pray you also put a desire in our heart, dear God, a desire, I pray, for holiness, dear God, and to to do the right things. And, Lord, as we look at these verses tonight, God, may we be challenged in those areas. Lord, thank you for those that are faithful to be here tonight, those that are faithful uh, to listen in, and, again, help us through the Word of God. Of course, we've been going through uh, Galatians for several Wednesdays, and we're getting uh, close to the end, and so we're here uh, in the middle of chapter 6, chapter 6, and notice again, verse 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so, uh, as we'll see here, right, there's a reality of sowing and reaping. You know, throughout this epistle, as we've been uh, going through it, Paul has focused on what we are. And what we have in Christ. I mean, that's what it's all about. Jesus is the center of everything. And so as we've gone through this epistle, we've seen the law of liberty in Christ. Amen? We have liberty in Christ, and that's what he wants us to understand. We don't have to be under the bondage of the law. We don't have to be under the bondage of sin. Amen? We can enjoy our liberty in Christ. Not only do we see the law of the liberty in Christ, but we saw the law of likeness to Christ. Amen. That is his goal, right? That we would be conformed to the image of his dear son, right? And then what's the song say? Oh, to be like thee. Amen. And then we saw the law of, the law of love for Christ. Amen. We should uh, uh, love him. Amen. For what he has done for us and what he's doing in us. And then last, the law of life through Christ. And that's what it all comes down to. We have liberty and likeness and and love because, right, we want to enjoy the life that we can live through Christ. And that's how we're supposed to live it. You know, a lot of times we think we're supposed to live for God. Yes, we say that, but really we're supposed to live through God or let God uh, live through us. That's what it's about. So these things matter, right, because one day, right, we're going to have a harvest, amen, based on these things and whether we apply them or deny them. That's the question. Are you applying them or denying them? And that's really about what it is. Are you sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit? And what determines that is if you're applying the law of liberty or denying the law of liberty, applying the law of likeness to Christ or denying the law of likeness to Christ, applying the law of love for Christ or denying the law of love for Christ, applying the love of life through Christ or denying the law of life through Christ. And so it starts off here, be not deceived. Boy, there's a lot of people deceived out there. Uh, You know, that means to be led astray, err, to be misled. And there's a lot of people being misled for the Bible says God is not mocked. 
boy, there's a lot of people out there uh, that have deceived. And what do they say? The worst deception is self-deception. A lot of people out there, the Bible says, God is not mocked. That word mocked means to deride, to laugh at, to treat with scorn, to show contempt. Boy, we saw that's how Jesus was treated a lot when he was on the earth, right? Especially once they arrested him. People, you know, mocked him and, uh, 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 you know, treated him with scorn and contempt. But, you know, that didn't end at Calvary, right? Uh, People still treat Christ that way today. People still treat Christians and people that name the name of Christ uh, that way. Uh, But thank God we know that God gets the last laugh, if you will. Uh, Psalm 86 says this, uh, thou makest us a strife unto our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. That's what mock means, right? Uh, you know, uh, mock people and laugh at them. But, you know, I tell you, the pride of man, the pride of man that he thinks he can get over on God, the pride of man that thinks he can get away uh, with things before God, and he's not going to have to answer to God. Boy, I tell you, pride is a terrible thing. But, again, God will get the last laugh. Here's a couple of verses. Psalm 2, 4 says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Proverbs 1, 26 says, I also will laugh at their calamity. I will mock when your fear uh, 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 cometh. You know, one day everybody's going to answer uh, before uh, God. Answer before God. Turn over to Mark chapter 4. For a moment, and just before we get into this, let us uh, notice a thought about uh, sowing and reaping. Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, beginning in verse 26. I always like this little uh, story right here. Mark 4, 26 through 29 says, And he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and he should sleep. And rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately, he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. But it says the man sows some seed, and he got up day and night. Then, boy, just one day it was there, and he knew not how. You know, and that's how it's going to be. Uh, people that are out there and uh, sow into the flesh and sow into the sin, boy, then one day they're going to wake up and they're going to realize there's a harvest there. There's a price to pay for the life uh, that they have lived. And so this verse talks about it. They're, people are going to answer uh, uh, to God one day. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall they also reap. But that's not always bad. <laughs> it just depends what you're sowing. So having a harvest isn't bad. It's just depend what you sow, if you sowed the right thing or not. And so we see that in verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But amen, thank God there's a positive sign. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so uh, that's the question. What are you sowing with your life? What are you doing? Amen. How are you sowing your time? How are you sowing your energy? How are you sowing your resources? That's the question. Well, it mentions the flesh first. And, of course, uh, uh, that's what we did before we got saved. Ephesians 2, 3 says this, Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Now, of course, before we got saved, we couldn't help it, but now we have a choice. 
Now we have an alternative before, but we can say, oh, well, you know, uh, maybe I didn't have an excuse. As Paul said, you know, I did it ignorantly. Hey, but now we know better. And I'm amazed that even people that claim the name of Christ and say they're saved, some of the things they get out there and do, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me, you know, uh, that people can do things and not be convicted for it. But it says, you know what? What are you going to reap there? Corruption. You'll of the, uh, uh, he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And that means destruction, ruin, decay. You know, our flesh is corruption. So therefore, it can only produce corruption, right? Uh, I mean, uh, our, our flesh isn't saved yet, amen? Thank God there's something new on the inside, but our flesh is corruption. Second Peter 2.12 says this, But these, talking about uh, uh, the lost, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish, what? In their own corruption. In their own corruption. Well, that's all that this flesh can produce. There's not, no good thing dwelleth in the flesh. Amen. That includes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in the flesh. The Holy Spirit indwells the new man. That's what he indwells. Proverbs 22, verse 8 says, He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. Hosea 8, 7 says, For they have sown the wind. They that have sown the wind shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stalk, the bud shall yield no meal. And so the Bible clearly has a principle. You know, and, and that's what people need to understand. A lot of times, you know, people say, oh, you know, God's hand is against me, or, you know, or, well, you know, why is God allowing this? A lot of times it's just, listen, you're reaping what you sowed. A lot of times you are just simply reaping what you sowed. So you have to decide, am I going to sow to the flesh and then bear the consequences of that? Or, thank God, now that I'm saved, amen, I don't have to sow to the flesh. I can reckon that flesh dead, which is, amen, what I'm supposed to do, right? Supposed to reckon it dead. It has no power over me. It only has power if I give it power. It's like a, it's like a puppet, right? That, that, that puppet just lays there. It has no power until you give it power. Then it can start talking. Hello, how are you doing today, right? It doesn't have any power until you give it power. Right? But we, for some reason, that flesh is dead. But what do we do? We pick it up sometimes. We say, hey, how are you doing today? Let's go have some fun, Jeff. Hey, man. You know, we give it life. We give it power. That's what we do. We mess up, but we don't have to because we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs eleven eighteen says, the wicked worketh the deceitful work. But look at this. But to him that soweth righteousness, amen, shall be a sure reward. That sounds better. Amen. Why have a corruption? Well, you can sow righteousness. Hosea 10, 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness and reap mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness up on you. Boy, uh, uh, that's an that's, that's a exciting thing. Now, we need to realize, right, uh, uh, if we sow to the flesh, we need to understand this. We cannot escape the moral and spiritual consequences of our behavior, right? We cannot escape the moral and spiritual consequences of our behavior any more than we can escape the physical consequences, right? I mean, if I do something stupid with my flesh, right? If I just, with all my power, go up and hit a brick wall, physical, then, you know, I don't need to uh, be upset because all of a sudden my hand hurts, right? I'm going to reap the consequences of that. And so when I, when I do something stupid morally, or uh, 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 spiritually, right? I shouldn't be surprised when I seek the consequences. And we see that in the Bible. 
You know, uh, even we know we think about Father Abraham, right? A great man of God, the father of faith. But what do you see? When he sowed to the flesh, what happened? He reaped the consequences. Abraham sowed to the flesh, and what happened? He reaped Ishmael. And the world is still paying the price because Abraham sowed to the flesh and got out of the will of God. Samson sowed to the flesh, and what was the result? He reaped the price of blindness and bondage. Blindness and bondage. And boy, that's what happens when we sow to the flesh. Spiritually, we go back into blindness and bondage. We put ourselves in it when we sow to the flesh. But hey, we see the results if you sow to the Spirit. Enoch, right? Enoch sowed to the Spirit, and he reaped a personal rapture. Amen? And uh, Noah sowed to the Spirit and reaped salvation for his family. We were talking about Joseph the other day, right? Joseph uh, uh, sowed to the Spirit, and what did he do? He reaped a Christ-like character, right, in his day, in his day. So there's clear differences between if you choose to sow to the flesh and sow to the Spirit. Before, hey, you didn't have that option, but thank God, now you have options. And whatever option you choose, you just need to know that one day, as they say, payday someday for whichever day you sow. And that's not a bad thing. Amen? Hey, uh, if you had a good week's work and you got a good job, you look forward to payday. Right? <laughs> right? Uh, 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 but, uh, but if you, you know, if you didn't go to work and you slacked off and uh, you made excuses and stuff, well, you know, then the payday's uh, not, not as, not as ex- exciting. But the Bible says in verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And that's a positive. Hey, if we hang in there, amen, we have some good things to look forward to. Hey, so hey, uh, uh, I'm not worried about uh, payday, right? I'm sure I could have maybe got a few things, but I'm sort of looking forward, amen, uh, to harvest coming. Amen. Uh, Serving the Lord these uh, 34 years, and if the Lord tarries, getting to serve him uh, uh, some more. Hey, uh, Lord, help me not to get weary and well doing. I'm looking forward uh, uh, to harvest a day. Have you ever... uh, uh, been part of a big harvest uh, in, uh, in, uh, East, in, in Eastern Europe. In a lot of those countries, they're still major agricultural uh, uh, countries. I remember being in the, in the Ukraine almost 30 years ago, and most people don't know this, but the Ukraine was the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. Do you know that 25% of the world's best soil is in the Ukraine and 12% around the Odessa region, which is on the Black Sea? I mean, you go over, you, you, you see those trees over there. It was like Canaan land. I mean, those apple trees, you know, like uh, uh, I've seen some cherry trees, and you're like, oh, here's a cherry, there's a cherry. Man, up there, you just like grab a handful, man. It was like, like Canaan land over there. And so when they would celebrate, I've been there when they celebrated the harvest time. And I, I remember being in uh, uh, the largest church in Odessa, uh, a big old Baptist church, and they were celebrating harvest time and God's blessing. And man, the, the front of the church they just had uh, was just piled with stuff that the farmers uh, had brought in as they celebrated. They were excited, amen, about the harvest. Hey, and when you're sowing good things, you can be excited about the harvest. So don't worry, oh, no, the flesh, the flesh. You don't have to worry about that, amen. You can totally neglect that and say, hey, I'm not even worried about that. You know, a lot of times we as Christians, we think about uh, 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 the wrong thing. You know, a lot of people, they preach on, you know, you know, they'll get up and preach negative all the time. You know, stay away from beer, stay away from alcohol. And you ought to do that. Amen. But the problem is, you know, uh, people, then people go into the store and they think, oh, man, I got to stay away from the beer. I got to stay away from the beer. I got to stay away from the beer. Well, what are you thinking about the whole time? Huh? You know what I'd rather preach? Get to the milk. 
get to the milk, get to the milk. You know, then you walk in the grocery store thinking, get to the milk, get to the milk, get to the milk. Hey, I didn't even think about the beer. I didn't even know where the beer is. I didn't even know, I didn't even know the place sold alcohol. I thought they only sold milk. Amen, because I went in there thinking about the right thing. Amen. Now, you ought to stay away from alcohol, but that's not what I want to be thinking. Stay away from alcohol, stay away from alcohol, stay away from this, stay away from that, even though, of course, we ought to teach that. But I'd rather, I'd rather go around thinking, amen, get to the milk, amen, get to the, uh, get, get to the yogurt, amen, stay away from the cucumbers, right, amen, <laughs> get to the milk, amen, get to the bread. I want to go, hey, get to Jesus, get to Jesus. Get, wake up in the morning, get to the book, get to prayer, amen, get to somebody and tell them about Jesus. Think about, I want to think about sowing the good things, thinking the good things. That's what we want to think about because in due season, amen, there is an appointed time. Payday is coming, and again, that's not bad if you sow the right crop. But the Bible makes it clear that if you sow, you are going to reap one day. So what are you sowing? Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, amen, a time to die, oh me, but a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which has been planted. Amen. And if you ever planted, hey, I, I, I like going apple picking. Boy, I like going peach picking, blueberry picking, and all that stuff. We went out with the grandkids, blueberry picking and blackberry. Well, we were picking good things, so it was fun. It was fun. I said, hey, kids, get over here by the food. Stay away from the vegetables, man. We're picking the fruit. Uh, leave those vegetables alone, man. Get to the fruit. We were picking some good fruit. 1 Timothy 5.24 says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. And some men, they follow after. See, you sow those sins, amen? You may pay the price here or you're going to pay the price there, but you are going to face that one day. Likewise, also the good works are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. So, hey, listen, uh, you, you, you sow bad things now, you might reap some bad things now, but whether it's now or then, you're going to face that. But if you sow good things now, amen, you can reap some good things now and some good things afterward. Good stuff. Here's an interesting thought. You know, when we think about Luke 16, of course, we always think about those are the passages on hell. But it's interesting what Abraham said in Luke 16:25. Luke 16:25. Boy, he he gives a good example of re, of of reaping what you sowed. He says this in Luke 16:25. Abraham talking to the rich man. Right. Remember, he was crying out, and Abraham said, "This son." Remember thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things. You know, what, 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 well, he's saying that in the sense of what the world considered good things. You know, oh, you, you know, you sowed to the flesh, so you got to enjoy those good things, quote unquote, in life. And likewise, Lazarus, the evil things, right? Lazarus had a hard life. But what are the next words? But now. You see, that but now is coming. But now he is comforted. And thou art tormented. Hey, listen, what are you complaining about? You had your opportunity, but you chose to sow to the flesh. And so you got to enjoy the good things of the world. Hey, there's joy and sin for a season. You got to enjoy that. But now, but hey, he, he, he chose to, to stay with God. And despite the hardships of life, he stayed with God. But now he's comforted. Amen. Hey, that but now is coming one day. And if you sow to the flesh, oh, man, enjoy that car. So you see these people, hey, with their mansions and their this and that. Right. And, and, and nothing wrong with having those things if you have them right. But most of the time, right, they're all caught up in that stuff. And they're letting that stuff keep them uh, from God. Uh, don't, like the Bible says, don't envy them. I was reading that song. 
saw him today. What did David say? He said, man, I, I didn't understand why this man got away with that. This man got away with this. He said, then I, then I remembered their end. Then I remembered their end. Hey, uh, uh, when the flesh starts getting envious about the Joneses or whatever, remember their end and have pity on them and have pity on them and realize, hey, one day, just like Lazarus said to, said to that rich man, oh, but now, one day God... Those people are going to come up to God. They're going to think, well, God must be blessing me because I have all this stuff. Oh, no, no. God's going to say, oh, you got to enjoy it then, but now. And boy, then you got that uh, oh, 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 missionary or that faithful saint or that widow that's just scraping by but staying faithful to God. Amen. She gave all that she had. She's done what she could. Or that single parent, amen, that stayed faithful to God and all that stuff but had it so hard out here and dealt with this and dealt with that. Amen. And all the hardships down now. And, and boy, you're going to walk up to God and say, oh, oh, God, it sure was hard down there. I know it was, child. Oh, but now you're home. But now you're home. Amen. Now you, now, you get to, now you get the harvest of all those heartaches. Now you get the harvest, amen. Just like uh, uh, Lazarus was enjoying the harvest of all those evil times, right? Amen. But now, what a, what a wonderful thought that is. Shall what? Shall reap. Shall reap. Right? Philippians 4, 17 uh, says this, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Amen. Boy, that's what we need to think about. If we sow the right thing, amen, that's what you're doing, right? That's what Paul, when he says, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. What's the context of that verse? That's a missions verse, right? He said, listen, uh, 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 I, I'm not trying to get you to support me. Basically, he's saying, I'm not trying to get you to support me as a missionary, right? Amen. Uh, uh, so I can upgrade my chariot. Amen. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, 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 of course, I, I could use a new set of wheels, but that's beside the point, right? But Amen. I'm saying this because I want fruit, because I know one day you're going to reap what you sowed. And you think about that. Every time you put missions, amen, through your local church, right, and do that, that's what you're doing. You're sowing. You're sowing, and one day you're going to reap. That song says he's going to show you the faces, amen, that you had a part in reaching. That's what it's all about that you had a part in reaching. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. So you want to sow sparingly or bountifully? That's what's your question, amen? Right? Well, if you're sowing good things, you want to reap bountifully, right? You want to get that blessing. And so he says, hey, listen, listen, be not weary and well-doing. Oh, I know it's, it's not always easy. It, it gets tough. Uh, sometimes you like for Wednesday night, you've been working all day and uh, this going and that going, you know, and you're like, oh, boy, it'd be easy just to, you know, uh, hold out. But you, you said, no, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to be faithful. Be not weary in well-doing. Why? In due season, again, you shall reap if you faint not. 2 Corinthians 3.13 says, but ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing right? That you faint not. You see, it's a matter of the will. Don't let the will to give up, but have the will to keep going. The will to keep going. Verse 10, because as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good. Amen. Let us do good to all men. Let us do good to all men. And it says, especially unto them that are the household of faith. It says here, opportunity. Not everyone is going to have the same opportunities, 
But the key is to be faithful on, on, to act on the opportunities you get. You know, just like missionaries, you know, as we mentioned before, sometimes missionaries, they go to places where it's a lot easier and they have a lot of opportunities. Somebody uh, goes to a place that's a little bit tougher and they have fewer opportunities. So, you know, the, the question is, did they act on the opportunities they had? You know, uh, 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 you know, maybe somebody's going to go out this week and they've got, they get five opportunities to talk to somebody, but maybe you only got an opportunity to talk to one person. That's not the question. Who got five? Who got three? Who got one? The question is, did you act on the opportunities that were afforded you? That's what matters. Philippians 4.10 says, but I rejoice. That word opportunity just means that you have occasion. Philippians 4.10 says this, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished. Wherein ye also were careful, but ye lacked opportunity. He's saying, listen, you did, basically, I think he's saying you did what you could. You know, now if you had had opportunity to do more, I think you would have done it. And so that's the question. You took advantage and acted on the opportunities that were afforded you. And when you couldn't, when you didn't have them, you just trusted the Lord with that. But opportunity to do what? It says to do good, to do good. And that's what Jesus did. I love this verse. Acts 10, 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And you know, that's what he's done with us, right? Right? We have Christ. We've been anointed with power and the Holy Ghost. What? Who went about doing good, doing good, right? And healing all that were oppressed of the devil, all that were oppressed of the devil, for God is with him. He went about doing good to all. To all, and that's the key. As Christians are not to be respecters of persons. James 2, 1 says this, My brethren, have not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say to him, Oh, sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit under my footstool. Are ye not partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Right. Well, listen, it doesn't matter who walks through that door. It doesn't matter what their status is or anything else about them. Amen. We want to show them the same grace, the same care, the love, uh, same welcoming spirit, and let them know whosoever will may come through that door, and we're going to treat them the same. James 2.8, if you fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. You see, we need to go about doing good to all. Because again, a lot of times as Christians, we focus on being good. See, we focus on being good before others when really our focus needs to be on doing good for others. You know, uh, 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 especially among independent Baptists, a, bit, a lot of the emphasis and not, not, nothing wrong with that, right? In one sense, right, we want to we wanna be good, right, before others. Sure, we want to be good before others. But uh, uh, it's more important even to do good for others. And that's, the, that's what we want to be. So we need to ask ourselves, when is the last time you, I know this is bad English, but when is the last time you do good for somebody else, amen? When the last time you do good, it says, for somebody else. But notice how it finishes, but especially unto them who are the household of faith. 
And boy, I want to say this, as a church, we certainly have the responsibility to take care of our own. And boy, that's one thing I'm thankful that since I've been at this church, I can say, amen, that I believe this church, and I thank you for it, I thank you for doing a good job of taking care of one another, taking care of one another. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Angela just had the baby. People have already taken food to her. People are always taking a food or doing something for one another, picking up or fixing a car or whatever. And people always making themselves available to help one another. And that's the right thing to do according to uh, the word of God, according to the word of God. So this old flesh, we got a decision to make. He that soweth to the flesh, show the flesh reap corruption. But thank God, there's a positive side. We don't have to sow to the flesh. We can just reckon it dead, which is what it is. It has no power unless we give it power. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. But thank God one day this old corruption is going to be changed. Amen. One day this old corruption. Let me finish with these verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, man, just uh, forget about this old flesh. It's just corruption. And then uh, one day God's even going to change it. Amen. He's already saved my soul. He's already quickened my spirit, and one day he's going to change this body. But until he changes this flesh, amen, I just need to let it lie dormant, amen, and uh, live through Jesus Christ or allow Jesus Christ to live for me. So that's why that great chapter ends this way. Therefore, amen, since that flesh has no power over you, and since one day it's going to be changed, amen, until then, until then, my beloved brethren, amen, be not weary in well-doing, but be ye steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What? For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why? It's not in vain in the Lord because if you're faithful to walk in the Spirit, you're faithful to let the Spirit produce those fruits in you and through you. If you're faithful, amen, to go about and sow in the Spirit, if you're faithful to go about and do good uh, uh, before others and do good for others and be the witness, amen, one day you're going to reap the blessings, amen, and you'll realize that, hey, I stayed faithful, and thank God my faithful testimony was not in vain, amen. I'm going to reap the harvest of being faithful, of letting God, amen, work through me. Let's pray.